From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Cedric Granger. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. I'm your host, Cedric Granger, and happy to be joining you for another beautiful day of sports. On today's show, we'll talk a little bit about the NFL and do a little bit of an AFC North roundtable. We're missing some of our other roundtable members, as we usually do, but I don't blame them if you saw the results of the Steelers, Browns, and Bengals games this past weekend. Following that up, we'll talk a little bit about the upcoming week in the NFL and then go to a little bit of a local team spotlight, Reds, Bobcats, and of course, your high school football slate coming up for tomorrow, headlined by the big Athens-Logans game, which is going to be aired right here on 970 WATH. The Bulldogs and Chieftains, longtime rivalry, playing matchup 99 all-time, so it should be an exciting day for football all throughout this weekend. And finally, we'll close it off with our hot picks, as well as some of the games going on tonight. And there's not too much going on tonight in terms of college football, uh, in terms of NFL, just your one Thursday night game, of course, and then MLB, uh, the Reds are off. But let's get started with a little bit of NFL talk. This past weekend, big week for the AFC North. Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, two AFC North showdowns. And here were the results. Ravens 27, Bengals 24, and Steelers 26, Browns 22. We'll take it off. With the first game that happened chronologically, the Ravens and the Bengals, 1 o'clock game on Sunday in the Baltimore Ravens. They took the win against the Bengals on the road, 27-24. It was a bit of a revenge spot in the case of the Ravens. If we think back to last year's playoffs, the Bengals got the big win, of course, due to that fumble return touchdown uh, by Sam Hubbard taking it from coast to coast and really igniting the whole city of Cincinnati for that massive playoff win, making it two straight years for the Bengals with a home playoff win after having a massive drought when it came to the playoffs. Uh, but this year, the Ravens get off to the hot start in the division. Lamar Jackson is back and healthy, and he's been unavailable for many of the Ravens-Bengals games recently, but it seems like whenever he is there, it really creates a tough matchup for the Cincinnati Bengals. Lamar Jackson, he finished 24 of 33, 237 yards, two touchdowns, also ran for 54 yards. Speaking of running, Gus Edwards, 62 yards on the ground. Justice Hill, 41 yards on the ground. The Ravens racked up 178 total yards on the ground against this Bengals team. The receiving core, very balanced attack for the Ravens with Aguilar, Flowers, Andrews all going for over 40 yards and all having at least four catches. Uh, Bateman and Odell Beckham Jr., both three catches as well. And no turnovers for the Ravens. As for the Bengals, Joe Burrow dealing with some injury, and it was clear that he was hobbling off the field a little bit at the end. That's something certainly to monitor for the Bengals and maybe a cause of alarm. Uh, But Burrow, 
Pretty good bounce back game after the 86-yard performance against the Cleveland Browns. Turned it around, 222 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, the one pick in the end zone was one of the plays that was a big turning point in the pendulum of who had the momentum in this game. It swung the momentum in the Ravens' favor and gave him a two-possession lead. Uh, Joe Mixon, 13 carries, 59 yards. Pretty productive on the ground at about four and a half yards per pop. Uh, T. Higgins, he was the man out there, wide receiver. Uh, he created matchup nightmares after having zero receptions against the Browns. Eight receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Absolute nightmare to guard in the end zone for the Baltimore Ravens, and not just the Ravens, but any team in the NFL. So that's really promising for the Bengals that T. Higgins really start to get things going. But no turnovers forced by the Bengals. Also, no sacks. And that was an area where, when we talked about it last week, Ethan Sargent and I were saying, hey, one of the main areas in which the Bengals could have the advantage is the D-line on O-line matchup. You think you've got Trey Hendrickson, you have DJ Reader, and you have Sam Hubbard on the line versus two Ravens linemen that are injured. Uh, you didn't have uh, Tyler Linderbaum, nor did they have Ronnie Stanley. But unfortunately for the Bengals, they still were not able to get too much pass rush. Some of that comes from Lamar being so elusive in the pocket. But on the other end of it, it's kind of inexcusable. I know the Bengals did have one technically strip sack uh, of Lamar Jackson that ended up being taken away due to penalty, which I'll have a whole sidebar on penalties later. Um, but the, other than that, the Bengals needed a lot more out of their pass rush, and they probably were about one turnover away uh, from being able to flip the tide of this game. And instead of it being 27-24 Ravens, it could have been 31-27 Bengals uh, if some things would have went their way. But nevertheless, the Bengals, they start 0-2, and not just 0-2, but 0-2 in the division with losses to the Browns and to the Ravens. The toughest one about this one uh, for the Bengals' case is losing your home matchup against the Ravens. It's very difficult to go into M&T Bank Stadium and get the win. Burrow, he is 1-3 uh, playing in Baltimore as a starter uh, so it could be a very tricky out when Thursday night football and I believe November, so about six to seven weeks from now, comes around. It's going to be a very tricky out for the Bengals now that they've fallen a little bit behind in the division. One area, though, where the Bengals did play well was the special teams. Charlie Jones, he showed some very explosive ability on that return, an 81-yard return where he clocked in at over 20 miles per hour uh, in terms of his speed. He was excellent. McPherson, uh, perfect on his field goals, perfect on his extra points uh, compared to the Ravens. Ravens, Justin Tucker, great kicker, but went two for three, had the miss from 59, which speaks to how good he is given that um, we are shocked when he misses a 59-yard field goal. The punt coverage was good. Kick coverage was good by the Bengals, uh, but still a tough pill to swallow nevertheless. But let me go give a little rant about the referees in this game. I thought it was a very poor officiated game on all levels, both on the Ravens side and the Bengals side, and it created a lot of situations where I believe the rest were going for makeup calls, and I could see why a lot of the fans in the crowd were irate, and a lot of big plays were nullified. Um, and the big one, of course, the strip sack fumble of Lamar Jackson, which could have changed the tides. And uh, instead, the Ravens ended up getting um, the ball back in that situation. Uh, but a good crowd for Cincinnati, 100% capacity, 66,000 fans in attendance. Uh, but for now, the Bengals, they'll have to try to bounce back. They got the Rams coming up. And I think that game is going to be a little bit trickier than when we first thought about 
the schedule and we looked at where the wins and losses would be for the Bengals. Uh, that's not one that we predicted would be as tricky as it is, but Matthew Stafford really turning back the clock. Uh, so this could create some nightmares for the Bengals. However, it's a chance for revenge, a Super Bowl revenge game coming up as well. But the Ravens, they get to 2-0 in the division. They're the team that's really the team to beat right now uh, in the division early on. There's only two undefeated teams in the entire AFC, and the Ravens are one of them. The other team is the Miami Dolphins, who are a darn good team. The Dolphins are a team to watch out as well. Now let's flip the script a little bit. Let's go to Browns and Steelers, the Cleveland Browns-Pittsburgh Steelers. This game, if you didn't watch Monday Night Football, my goodness, the Cleveland Browns, even if you're not a Browns fan, this game made you want to cry. It was that bad. From the Nick Chubb injury to Deshaun Watson not showing a lot of promise uh, to the sacks that were taken and to the two defensive touchdowns given up, the Browns, they outplayed the Steelers a majority of this game, uh, especially when it came to the Browns' defense against the Steelers' offense. Uh, however, the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense, you got to give them credit where credit is due. My goodness, T.J. Watt, he's just the right place, right time all the time, getting in the backfield. He created problems. Uh, for the Browns offensive line and it was just one of those matchups where it felt like every time he was on the field Deshaun Watson maybe had one second to throw if that he tried to throw a couple of stiff arms out there and even got called for face mask penalties twice on the game it was a very difficult result for the Cleveland Browns obviously like I said the big big storyline Nick Chubb Nick Chubb 10 carries 64 yards and just a little bit over the first quarter and then suffered the injury early in the second quarter, and he is out for the season. The Browns, they do sign Kareem Hunt uh, to be able to take the place of him. And to uh, Jerome Ford's credit, the player that filled in for Nick Chubb, he played quite well, 16 carries, 106 yards, and a 6.6 average, including a 69-yard run. That was almost a 70-yard touchdown was called uh, just short after their review. But just a very difficult out. Also, another thing frustrating for the Browns. The Browns had a lot of plays where they seemed to be gaining some sort of momentum. But there would always be a penalty flag. It felt like any time the Browns tried to get anything going. Um, one thing that I can look at, look at the team stats. And for the Cleveland Browns, it just felt like they had so many penalty yards. Yeah, 8 for 81 to just the Steelers, 5 for 31 and I think one that the Browns will also be thinking about is one of the calls that was not called. We think about that pass interference on the final play, uh, at least final offensive play of the game for Cleveland. Deshaun Watson delivered it downfield trying to get something going. And then there was a holding call that, or check that, a PI call that did not get called. And when looking back at it, there's definitely an argument for the Cleveland Browns to have gotten um, the first down due to a DPI by Joey Porter. Uh, but nevertheless, the Steelers able to survive. And for Cleveland, they talk about this. I was watching the game with a couple of my friends who are Browns fans. This place is a house of horrors. Whether it's Heinz Field or Akersher Stadium or wherever they call it now, it is just one of those places that makes it so difficult for the Browns to win for some reason. It just feels like they can't get over that hump. Their only recent victory was the playoff game, which... To be fair, that's when it really mattered in 2021. But other than that, the Browns have not beaten the Steelers in Pittsburgh since 2003. 
it's starting to really stack up, and it looks like they're going to have to wait another year uh, for another regular season win against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. But for the Browns, missed opportunity to get to 2-0. and um, Injury, obviously, to Nick Chubb, which is devastating as he is the cog that makes that Cleveland Browns offense run and makes the Kevin Stefanski offense go. Um, and then if you're the Browns defense, you just got to be hurting right now. You Think about it. You're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're holding this team down to, let's see, 12 points. And your offense gives up more points than you, and you lose the game by four. Your offense gives up 14 points on two defensive touchdowns. I mean, that's demoralizing. On many, many levels, that's demoralizing. And for Cleveland, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. On the other side of things, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have some issues as well. Despite getting the victory, which they can feel happy about that, there are some clear flaws with this team right now. Matt Canada, uh, his offense is something that will make Steelers fans pull their hairs out. And then for the Browns, Ravens, and Bengals fans, just smirk that they kept him around. Um, right now, this offense, it almost seems like it's malpractice. Aside from some big plays by George Pickens, four receptions, 127 yards, because he's a talented guy. Uh, he had a big 70-yard touchdown uh, in the second quarter, Kenny Pickett's really been struggling. And the biggest issue for the Steelers right now, they just don't establish the run. They so many teams in the NFL where you see the run game start to work and they just don't stick with it. 55 yards on the ground for Pittsburgh. 55. Same thing last week. They had less than 50 yards as well. I think they're only 86 yards, if I recall correctly, through two weeks. Inexcusable. And last year, they had the same issue. And it's why they keep having these slow starts. You can't control the clock. You can't control the tempo of the game. And you have no balance. Especially when you have a younger quarterback like Kenny Pickett, who's still adapting to the league a little bit, still trying to find his footing. When you're making him throw 30, 40, 50 times a game, in the case of last game, 15 for 30 yards, it's just not sustainable. It is not. And in the physical brand of football that the AFC North likes to bring, the team that can physically impose their will run the football well, are going to be the teams that are going to find a lot of success. We look at what the Ravens have done, 178 yards on the ground with Gus Edwards, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Justice Hill. You look at the Browns, despite losing this game, um, they really did well on the ground. 198 yards churned against the Steelers' defense. That's going to separate the good teams from the bad teams in this division. Uh, But then, again, the Steelers, they did get the win, so we got to give them their flowers for that but that's an area of certain concern and then another area look at the rush defense and the tackling the tackling by the Steelers was pretty awful throughout most of the game they made some plays here and there like I said the turnovers were huge the sacks were excellent for the Steelers I mean they had six sacks in the game but the area that really needs to be improved is their tackling a lot of yards after contact for Browns running backs, Browns receivers, Browns tight ends, a lot of players just bouncing off of guys to pick up extra yardage, and that's a factor that could really come back to bite the Pittsburgh Steelers. But anytime you get the game in Pittsburgh on primetime, it is a very difficult place to win, and the Steelers, they showed why right there as Mike Tomlin's squad gets win number one in the books by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. So that's a little bit of an overview of the AFC North. Now we're going to go from looking behind us to looking ahead. Let's see what's coming up this Sunday or this Monday, in the Bengals' case, in the AFC North. We'll talk about that and much more when we come back on the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Pure Rock 105. 
This week, Nelsonville York faces their first test of the TVC Ohio season as they travel to Pomeroy to take on Megs. Coverage will start at 5 p.m. with Football Friday kickoff, with the coaches' show at 6.30 and kickoff at 7. It's the Buckeyes and the Marauders, Friday on Pure Rock 105. Timeout. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the OHSAA and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. This week on Football Friday Kickoff. We're at the halfway point of the season, which means every matchup starts to mean just that little bit more. We'll take an extended look at a playoff rematch as Harvest Prep travels to Wheelersburg. And in our game of the week, we'll be on site to take in a classic SEOAL rivalry that's going on pause as Athens heads to Logan. All this and more on Football Friday Kickoff, live from Logan Chieftain Stadium, Friday at 5 on Pure Rock 105 WXTQ. Live and local. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Segment two of The Sports Fan. Cedric Granger here with you on a beautiful Thursday. We've got a lot of sun this week. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Nice warm weather. But it's probably not going to last for too much longer as we get into fall. Some cold evenings, some cold nights dropping into the 40s. And that's how you know you're getting to the late part of the football season, at least in terms of high school. You heard during the commercial break some of the exciting matchups coming up. Of course, Athens and Logan. That's the one I'll be calling tomorrow with Matt Frazee. Football Friday kickoff live on site in Logan. You'll get to hear Max Brunke, Ethan Sargent. They'll take it away from over there with some great storylines going into that matchup. There's a lot of coverage with this being the final matchup. Uh, at least for the foreseeable future. And then following that up, we also have Nelsonville, York, and Megs with Carl Blaylock um, and Jacob Mata, who have the call for that matchup too. Nelsonville, York with their TVC Ohio opener, or check that, their first TVC Ohio road test. So they'll look to look sharp in that one. Now let's go back to the NFL. We talked a little bit about the AFC North teams, kind of where they stand and how the division is shaping up so far. Now let's move on to some of the matchups this week in the AFC North. First off, you have the Ravens and the Colts with this game. Um, It should be really rainy. I know there was something about a cyclone that was coming through uh, Maryland for that game. So maybe a game where the Colts could keep it low scoring. Uh, Some of the areas where the Colts are really strong at, defensive line, um, and your linebacking core with Darius Leonard and some of those guys. Of course, Carl's team and my team uh, matching up there. Uh, Should be a winnable game for the Ravens, but I wouldn't be surprised the Colts kept it close, especially given the Ravens are 2-0 at covering the spread so far. They're due a game where they play a little bit off. Other game, Titans and Browns. That game, 1 o'clock CBS, as well as the Ravens-Colts game, 1 o'clock CBS. Uh, Cleveland and Tennessee, I remember 
these two teams playing in 2019 when the Browns, they were a lot of people really high on them, and it was a big disappointment when the Titans went into Cleveland and won by about 30 or 40 points. Uh, but here's a chance for Cleveland. The Titans, they are coming off of a pretty good win against the Chargers. Overtime win, one where, again, you just shake your head at the Chargers, how they're 0-2. Uh, after losses. The Dolphins, okay, you can see that, but the Titans was a game that a lot of people expected the Chargers to win, but you got to give credit to the Titans, and right now they're just one point away from being 2-0. and uh, Their other loss, or their only loss, was to the New Orleans Saints 16-15, to where I believe the Titans, they made some decisions I was kind of questioning. I thought they should have went for the touchdown instead of the field goal when it was 16-12, to because uh, you never know if you were going to get the ball back, and it turns out they didn't get the ball back. Uh, but again, that should probably be some rainy weather for that game. The Browns without Nick Chubb, but they signed back Kareem Hunt. Do not know if he'll be ready to go immediately for the Browns, but Jerome Ford did very well. And I believe this is going to be a, a gut check game for Cleveland in a lot of ways where the Browns, you lose that heartbreaker to Pittsburgh, one of your biggest rivals. And now you have to return at home without your best player and come up with an offense. I think Watson... He'll have a lot to prove in this situation, and a lot of people are clamoring, hey, he's not even playing to the level of Baker Mayfield right now. So, hey, that's a tough ask right there. If you're Deshaun Watson, with all the money that you're getting paid right now, he's got to perform. Continuing with the AFC North, primetime game NBC. Steelers and Raiders of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they stay on primetime this week with the trip to Las Vegas. They're going out west for the first time this season to take on the Raiders. Both teams come in with a record of 1-1. One one. The Raiders, they got the win over the Broncos just by one point, 17-16 in that week. But the Broncos, they've had some really bad losses so far where they've come ever so close to being 2-0. But a pair of heartbreakers uh, for Sean Payton's team. But the Raiders... Uh, last week, they got trounced by the Bills, 38-10. to And then the Pittsburgh Steelers went over the Cleveland Browns last week. Now, I think, believe if I recall correctly, the Steelers had issues beating the Raiders. I think there's some sort of streak there where the Steelers have not beaten the Raiders in quite, some, quite a while. Let me see. All-time series between these two teams. And I know that the uh, Raiders have upset the Steelers on a couple of different occasions here. So 2022... Steelers got the win on that Christmas Eve game. I do remember that one. But before that, 2021, Pitts, or Raiders won on the road in Pittsburgh. You also have a 2018 win for the Raiders over the Steelers. That was the one where that was Steelers Killer Bees team, uh, where they didn't even make the playoffs, and Antonio Brown ended up holding out. Uh, they were upset because of a... Uh, I believe the kick was blocked or the kick, the hold was bad. Something of that situation. 2015, the Steelers only beat the Raiders by three. And then 2013, Raiders upset the Steelers 21 to 18. That was not a very good Steelers team. And even in 2012, uh, Raiders got the win over the Steelers. But in terms of the last time the Steelers beat the Raiders in Oakland, or on the road, I should say. This is actually their first trip to Vegas. Yeah, it's been a while for them. 1995 is the last time. That's a shocker. Yeah, 1995 is the last time the Steelers have beaten the Raiders on the road. Wow, that's one of the craziest streaks I've seen in the NFL. And the Raiders, they do lead the all-time series 17-14. But it kind of is one of those problem matchups uh, where if you 
take out all the records, take out how these teams have been over the last 10 years, the Steelers have really struggled historically against the Raiders. Now, that is in Oakland. That's in the black hole. This is a whole new stadium with the Legion. But a chance for the Steelers to maybe rectify that streak. Uh, they'll definitely have to lean on George Pickens. I want to see the Steelers lean on their run game a little bit more uh, in this game and see if they can stack together some wins. And then lastly, we get another uh, Monday Night Football doubleheader. I'm curious to see what you guys think about the Monday Night Football doubleheaders as well. Some people don't like them. Some people do like them. Uh, I like that you get more options so that when one game's on halftime and when one game ends, you always have another game to go to. Uh, But the Rams are at the Bengals. The Bengals trying to avoid falling to 0-3. And the huge question lies with Joe Burrow's health, Joe Burrow's status, And also the emotions that come with the Bengals in this game playing a team that they lost to in the Super Bowl a year and a half ago in the Rams. They also are facing against the same quarterback, but a lot of different talent. A very new-look Rams squad led by standout rookie receiver Puka Nakua. 25 receptions, 266 yards just through two weeks for the rookie out of BYU. He's been the new prime target for Matthew Stafford, also Tutu Atwell. He's been playing well in relief of Cooper Cup, who was on injured reserve for the first couple of weeks of this NFL season. But like I said, I think these teams need to do a little bit of a better job establishing the run game and stick with it. When you have Joe Burrow injured in the way that he is, one way to help alleviate that pressure is by leading on Joe Mixon. We've seen how good of a runner that he can be and how well the Bengals can um, really run the ball and get the ball in his hands if they work with it. And I know not having some AJP Ryan like they used to has hurt, but I'd love to see Joe Mixon. I'd love to see Chase Brown potentially um, move up the depth chart and give him a couple more carries. I think that could help the Bengals to be able to control the clock and keep this game I wouldn't say low scoring, but keep this game in their control against a Rams squad coming on the road. Um, Once again, that's Monday Night Football. All white uniforms for the Bengals that day. That's going to be pretty interesting as well, too. Their white tiger look is very popular, and they'll redo the end zones and everything uh, for that. So it should be an exciting matchup there. The Bengals is a must-win situation, in my opinion. You cannot afford to fall to 0-3, especially with the way that this division is shaping up. Right now, the Ravens, they're 2-0. If they get to 3-0 and and the Bengals fall to 0-3, it's going to be very hard for Cincinnati to chase. But overall, though, when we look at the full AFC playoff standings, which there's not much going on right now. It's still very early on in the season, of course. But there's a plenty of teams at 1-1. You only got two teams at 2-0. and um, a couple other teams that are really good squads at 0 and 2. I think the Patriots and Chargers, both very solid teams that are at 0 and 2. Thanks to having to have to play the Dolphins. The Patriots case, they had to play the Eagles too. Chargers, they're lost to the Titans. They're just not a well-coached team in my opinion, uh, but they should be getting a win very soon. So those are the AFC North games that are coming up. We'll do a quick little overview of some of the other NFL games here this week that might stand out. Falcons and Lions should be pretty interesting. Falcons, surprise, 2-0 start. Got the nice win over the Packers last week. Uh, B. John Robinson, he's been great for that offense. Desmond Ritter starting to showcase that he can be a winning quarterback uh, in the NFL. Uh, of course, Cincinnati guy, he was the leader of that UC team when they made it to the playoffs and played against Alabama. 
But for the Falcons, if they can somehow survive this game against the Lions, which are looking for a big bounce back after their defense got kind of exposed a little bit against Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett, and the Seattle Seahawks, um, if they can survive this, they're going to be in really good shape as that division is starting to become one of the most intense divisions. We didn't suspect it. I didn't expect a lot out of the NFC South myself. Falcons, Saints, Buccaneers, all 2-0. and Saints and Buccaneers with new quarterbacks, Derek Carr, 2-0. and Baker Mayfield for the Bucks, 2-0. and It's been a really impressive run for those three teams, and I'm excited to see when they start to match up a little bit. Speaking of the 2-0 Saints, they're on the road against the Green Bay Packers, the Packers team that just lost to the Falcons. Uh, that should be a really compelling matchup. Dolphins will look to stay hot against the Denver Broncos. One between two 0-2 teams desperate for a win. Vikings and Chargers. Kirk Cousins, he's been playing excellently to start this season. 7-0-8 yards, six touchdowns, only one pick. In terms of other compelling games, Bills at Commanders, a game where the Commanders can really prove if they're for real or not, led by Sam Howell. So that's a bit of that prove-it sort of spot. Uh, Bears at Chiefs looks like a bit of a mismatch. I've been shocked at how poorly the Bears have played to start the season. I'm hoping for Justin Fields, a Buckeye fan at heart. I want to see Justin Fields do well. Uh, but unfortunately for the Bears, he has really struggled to start the season. But hey, one way to get your season back on track is if you can beat the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. Uh, but that is a very tough task to do against a guy like Patrick Mahomes and Isaiah Pacheco coming off a big win against Jacksonville as well. Uh, another game that will be nationally televised, Cowboys and Cardinals. Of course, with Dallas, they'll always be must-see TV. And they're off to a really great start this year. Big win against the Jets, 32-10. And that defense, they have been unreal so far. And the Cardinals, they are clearly tanking. Uh, so it looks like a huge mismatch on paper. Uh, Eagles-Buccaneers also stands out to me as a really interesting game. This is another game where it's a bit of a are-we-for-real week. And are we for real sort of game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They're at home. And at Baker Mayfield, I got a feel for Browns fans. And say, if he gets the Buccaneers to 3-0 and with a win over defending NFC champion Eagles, whew, Browns are going to be regretting life. And I know their fans, a lot of them already starting to regret it. I know a Cleveland headline talked about, Watson, we don't need you to be an all-star. Can you be Baker Mayfield? Strong words right there from that newspaper outlet. But we'll take another break. When we come back, we'll talk a little Reds and follow that up with a little bit of Bobcats as well as some high school football, giving you a nice little survey of what to expect tomorrow on our affiliated stations as well as this one, 970 WATH. Speaking of that, you're listening to the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Hello, football fans. This is Voice of the Bulldogs, Cedric Granger. This Friday, the Athens Bulldogs play the Logan Chieftains for the 99th time on the gridiron. Don't miss the last matchup between these two historic rivals for the foreseeable future. Join me and analyst Matt Frazee on the call at 6.45 p.m. on Friday on 970 WATA. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? 
And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brubble. Revel in this offer exclusively on the McDonald's app. Enjoy a double cheeseburger or bacon McDouble and receive a medium fries and soft drink for free. Prices and participation may vary. Offer valid 9 4 through 10 22. Are you at risk of diabetes? If so, the Diabetes Institute at the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine encourages you to join Prevent T2 and make a change for life. If you have been told by your doctor that you have pre-diabetes, are at risk for diabetes, or have had gestational diabetes and would benefit from weight loss, this program is for you. The weekly program starts October 18th, and information sessions will be held September 27th and October 11th. To learn more and get a link for the information session, contact the Diabetes Institute at 740-593-2027 or diabetesinstitute at ohio.edu. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Welcome back into the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Cedric Granger, happy to be with you on a Thursday, gorgeous Thursday, the nice sunset coming through the windows in the beautiful studio here on Columbus Road. All right, let's jump into a little bit of the local teams around here. You got the Reds, we got the Bobcats, and then we got local high school sports. A nice little whip around of that. We'll take it from the top with the Cincinnati Reds. A disappointing loss last night against the, or last afternoon, I should say, against the Minnesota Twins. And one thing that really frustrates me about this Reds game right here, great start from Hunter Green. One of his best starts all season. Seven innings. Three hits, just one earned run, one walk, 14, yes, 14 strikeouts. And I'm a big Hunter Green fan, so it always makes me smile to see him doing well. 14 strikeouts for the starting pitcher, and the Reds still couldn't get it done. And as this playoff race heats up, and it might come down to a half game or one game or maybe one and a half games, dropping this one to the Minnesota Twins may be one that stings for a little while, and it was one where Alexis Diaz just fell victim, which is very rare. He's been one of the best closers in all of baseball. But this time around, it was just not his day. One-third of an innings pitch, two hits, three earned runs, no strikeouts. When he came into the game, the Reds, they were in good position. But the three earned runs given up in that ninth inning ultimately cooked the Reds' goose. So they do fall in the series to the Minnesota Twins, three-game series. Reds took game one, and after that, the Twins, they finished off the series with a couple of victories back-to-back to get to 81-72. and The Reds, they fall to 79-75 and with about 10 games left to go in the season. But a big missed opportunity for the Reds, who desperately need to stay in it when it comes to the playoff race. 14 strikeouts. And not able to get the job done. But looking at the schedule ahead, like I said, not that many games left to go. Final stretch of the season right now. Eight games to go for the Reds officially. Some teams got about nine. Some teams got ten games. 
a lot of teams in between that 7 to 10 games left to go mark. They got a three-game set against Pittsburgh, two-game set against Cleveland, and a three-game set against St. Louis. This is their final home series of the season. Coming up, they have the day off today to be able to recover and get ready for this final stretch here. They'll have Abbott on the mound for the series opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers or Pittsburgh Pirates rather just talking about NFL so switching gears and then moving on they'll face off the Cleveland Guardians like I said on the road and then the St. Louis Cardinals again on the road two teams that are pretty much out of the playoff race Cardinals are officially eliminated guards uh, they're essentially eliminated at this point they will be probably after the Orioles series uh, but again just a missed opportunity on many levels there uh, for the Reds, they try to make their final run. You don't want to miss this opportunity if you're Cincinnati with how well they played throughout the season, but some of the inconsistencies they have shined through throughout this year. Uh, but much better record than what we expected for the Reds. But let's see if they can finish. Here's how the playoffs are shaping up as it stands right now. Um, in the AL, on the other side of things, you got the Baltimore Orioles. They have clinched a berth. The Rays also clinched a berth. Uh, the Astros clinging to a division leader spot after their big win against the O's yesterday afternoon. The Minnesota Twins, they are locked in, and they should be ready to go into the playoffs. Other teams that are in the wild card, Toronto, one game up. Seattle and Texas tied for that final spot in the American League. Yankees, eight games back. Um, they can be eliminated by the Blue Jays in their current series. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, they've fallen pretty low. They're three games below 500 now. And the Yankees, a little bit hotter. They're a team that is even up their record, but they're also on a three-game losing streak, but 6-4 and four in their last 10. Guards still technically around. They're trying to stay alive, but they're going to be eliminated. Um, actually, no, they are eliminated. Yep, so they're officially done. So it's literally just Boston, New York, uh, Texas, Seattle, Toronto are the three teams that are fighting uh, for the final wild card spot. As it looks like right now, it's going to be Toronto and then coin flip between Seattle and Texas. So that should be exciting to see that race go down to the wire. Both teams 84 and 68. And better yet, they play each other. Then on the red side of things, you got the Atlanta Braves and Dodgers already punching their ticket. Milwaukee already punched their ticket in as well. Philadelphia, they have four games up on the other playoff teams, and they've stayed there ever since. They had that bad start at the beginning of the year, but then they surged midseason, and they have held steady to that point since then, playing about 500 ball. Arizona, 81-72 and 72 would be a pretty good story if the Diamondbacks uh, could find their way in the playoffs. They have a one-and-a-half game lead. Uh, still a lot of time to go, though. Chicago Cubs, they're holding on to that final playoff spot. Reds, one game back. Marlins, half a game back. San Francisco Giants starting to fall away a little bit. Three games back. Padres, not eliminated yet. They still are alive as they are four and a half games back. Mets and Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, they are in a little bit of a tough situation. They're not eliminated yet, but they essentially are. It would take a miracle uh, for them to make the playoffs. And the Reds, they could actually eliminate the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, with their series starting on Friday. So for the Reds right now, you're looking at trying to steal one of these last playoff spots. They're down one game. They have a good amount of games to go. So let's see if they can finish strong. They're going to need some help with the Cubs dropping a couple of games, which does seem inevitable. That's who the Pirates are actually going to be playing 
tonight. Um, then for the case of Miami and the Marlins, they take on Milwaukee. Milwaukee, a team that's been playing really good baseball as of lately. So if the Reds are looking for that last playoff spot, they're looking to try to get into that wild card, probably over either the Cubs or maybe if the Diamondbacks start to slide back. But Arizona, they've been red hot winners of five straight. Now let's switch gears a little bit to the Bobcats. The Bobcats football team, 3-1, first in the MAC. We haven't played any MAC games, but that's going to change coming up this week. Ohio, big win over Iowa State, of course. It's been recapped on some of our earlier shows this past week. Uh, for the Bobcats, they have a lot to be smiling about. And now the goal is, can they sustain it? And can they figure out a way to win the MAC championship for the first time since 1968? Here's the question. Uh, it starts right here with a little bit of a road test against the Bowling Green Falcons. And here's a little bit of a preview for Bowling Green. This is a team that lost in Week 1 to Liberty. Their only win of the season came against FCS Eastern Illinois. And they won that game uh, convincingly, 38-15. Then they lost to Michigan, where they got three interceptions, which I have to admit that is pretty impressive for Bowling Green to go to the big house on primetime and get a couple of interceptions. They kept it close for a little while with 7-6 to six, uh, for a good bit of the game, and then Michigan started to pull away for the 31-6 to six victory. Uh, Bowling Green's getting ready for a three-game road trip after this Bobcat matchup. Uh, really tough ask for them to have to go on the road so many times. They're starting off with five out of their first seven games away from Northern Ohio. But for BGSU, last time that they faced off against Ohio was last year. Uh, that was November 22nd, 2022. Final game of the season, regular season game, I should say, for the Cats and for the Falcons. 38-14 to win uh, for the Bobcats led by C.J. Harris on that day. And now the Bobcats, led by Curtis Rourke, will try to come in here and get the win. Their quarterback that they'll face off against is Connor Bazelak. He's a guy that's really been all around college football. I've seen his name uh, on a couple different teams. So he started off his career at um, Missouri, then moved over to Indiana, uh, and then transferred over to Bowling Green for his final year of eligibility, I'd assume. This is his fifth not sixth year, but I believe this is his fifth year um, at the helm, a quarterback. He's a player that, like I said, has a lot of SEC and Big Ten experience. He's thrown for 2,000 yards with Indiana. He's thrown for 2,000 yards with Missouri in a season. So we know the type of talent that this guy could potentially bring to the table. Um, and it seems like Bowling Green, when we look at just the raw numbers here of what each of these teams do well, uh, it seems like a Pretty decent offense for Bowling Green. They average 346 yards per game, uh, 209 through the air, 137 on the ground. So there is some balance. Uh, their lead back is Stewart, about 100 yards on the season. Uh, for the Bobcats, though, their defense has been stellar all season long. That's a big mismatch for Bowling Green's defense. Uh, 342 yards allowed per game. Uh, they've kind of been... They've had holes against the run and the pass. It doesn't really lean towards having one big weakness on defense. For the Bobcats, only 245 yards that they give up on defense. And they are a top 10 ranked unit in the entire country as it stands right now. So the Bobcats, they'll look to go on the road to Northern Ohio to steal one from Bowling Green. I know the last time they went there, they did suffer a loss 
Um, I believe Carl Blaylock of our radio station is going to be headed up to watch that game live. So that should be pretty awesome atmosphere there uh, for the Bobcats. Mac opener. They'll try to take it on the road against the Bowling Green Falcons. The other big college football game, of course, is Ohio State and Notre Dame. Whenever you see those two teams matched up, just seeing the uniform colors, the logos, it just feels like it's going to be a special day. And with the game as it stands right now, it seems like the weather is supposed to be a little bit rainy. So that could play a factor as the Buckeyes, they love to throw it all around the yard. But last game, they did try Travion Henderson a little bit more, and he is now over 2,000 yards for his career running the ball. So that's um, a big milestone for Travion Henderson. And the Buckeyes are really trying to see him get back to that freshman year form. I know last year was a little bit tough. He dealt with a lot of injuries. And now it seems like he's starting to get back to where he is. And I think the Buckeyes, if they want to win this game at Notre Dame, they need to make sure that Travion Henderson is getting his touches and using his explosive ability uh, to work really well against this Notre Dame defense. A defense that's really good at generating pressures. They are second in NCAA in quarterback pressures. So here's a really big test for not only the Ohio State offensive line, but also for Kyle McCord, how he's going to deal with pressure, how he's going to be under duress, And I feel like this is a big chance for McCord to earn the respect of all the Buckeye fans out there. I know a lot of people are groaning and not liking his his performances early on. But if McCord, if he sticks with it, and I think if he has a good game, he can really solidify himself as the guy at Ohio State. Meanwhile, Notre Dame, they have a guy that's also pretty impressive at quarterback and Sam Hartman, already 1,000 yards passing on the season, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions for Hartman. And if you don't know his story, he was a star quarterback at Wake Forest, uh, entered the transfer portal after graduating, um, and now is with Notre Dame. It was a huge pickup in the transfer portal for Notre Dame. So it's going to be a tough out. Buckeyes on the road against Notre Dame, another team pretty local here. Oklahoma is at Cincinnati. It's one of the biggest games in the history of the Cincinnati Bearcats as they take on the Sooners at home. Uh, Cincinnati, big loss last week to Miami of Ohio, which was a big shocker around the landscape, which kind of speaks to how good of a season it was for the Mac, and it makes me think that Ohio-Miami game this year is going to be whew, it's going to be one heck of a game. Uh, but following that up, Cincinnati will try to bounce back against the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, another big game, uh, put up or shut up type of game, Colorado and Oregon. Without Travis Hunter, I find it hard to see if Colorado can pull off that victory. But I'm going to count them out yet. Yeah, Coach Prime, he's gotten a lot out of his players. Alabama, they're taking on Ole Miss. And right now, Ole Miss, they've been playing pretty well. Big win over Tulane on the road. As for Bama, they did not look sharp against USF. So here it is. If Ole Miss gets the win over Alabama, it'll be time to panic in Tuscaloosa. If they fall to 2-2 two and two on the season and already eliminated from playoff contention, you'd never see that out of the Nick Saban team. And I think as a college football fan, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, let's see. Some other games on this list. I think Oregon State, Washington State, that's pretty interesting in a lot of ways. Those are the last two teams that are remaining in the Pac-12, so that's certainly something to take a look at. But it should be a great weekend for sports. Speaking of weekends and days for sports, we'll talk a little bit more about Thursday. Yes, today in sports, when we come back on the Sports Fan for our final segment on 970 WATH.
Game on. Fire to the end zone. Oh, into the nine. Into the hell. Six for the Cats. Ohio wins. Runs through everybody, and he sprints. Six for the Cats. This Saturday, the Bobcats open Mac play as they hit the road to take on Bowling Green. The ball is gone. Back to the end zone. Keep this baby in the line. Our coverage begins at 2.30 on your home for Bobcats football. Mac play starts Saturday. Coverage starts at 2.30 on the flagship. Pure Rock 105, XTQ FM. We're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the OHSAA and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Henderson running right side to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, and into the end zone goes Travion Henderson on a 23-yard touchdown run, his second scoring scamper of the day. This is the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels. Saturday night, Ohio State hits the road at Notre Dame. We'll be on the air from South Bend with the AEP Energy Buckeye pregame show beginning at 6 p.m. here on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions. The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Final segment of the Sports Fan here today. Happy to be with you on this beautiful Thursday. The sun finally setting, but you can still see the pretty colors right behind me. Nice setting for this final segment of the show. We talk a little bit about not only our hot picks, but also... A uh, little bit of an overview of what's going on tonight and tomorrow in sports from a hot pick. I'll take the Orioles. I'm going back to the money bag. Orioles minus 160 on the money line against the Cleveland Guardians. That game starts at 7:15 on Fox. Rodriguez versus Gaddis. Grayson Rodriguez, he's been excellent for the Orioles ever since he was recalled back from AAA Norfolk. And I think the Orioles can get the job done against Cleveland right now. Tampa Bay nipping at their heels. It was a 2-2 series split between those two teams. But the Rays still going after the Orioles for the AL East crown. And it's going to be the difference between a playoff bye or playing in the wild card. Huge difference, especially when you got talented teams such as the Mariners. you got the... Um, Rangers that are in the mix. The Astros would be a very tough out, even though the Orioles just won a series over there in Houston. You don't want to have to take your chances over there. So I'll take the Orioles money line over the Cleveland Guardians on the road. Once again, that's a primetime nationally televised game on Fox. Some other games that are on tonight. Georgia State at Coastal Carolina is our only college game. Uh, Giants at Niners. The Giants They got it together in the second half against the Cardinals after having a nightmare first six quarters of the season. 
And here's their chance to try to prove that that playoff year last year was not a fluke against a red-hot 49ers team that's already picked up some big wins on the road against not only Pittsburgh, but also on the road against the Rams. They had to start both games on the road. Well, even if you looked at that crowd in L.A., it looked like it was a 49ers home game. But despite that, they did get the win in both of those games. Now, a little overview of what's coming on tomorrow in our coverage. First off, of course, for high school football, WKOV Jackson Flagship Station. You've got the 4-1 Jackson Ironmen against the Blue Lions of Washington Courthouse on WXTQ. Um, Nelsonville, York, 4-1 Buckeyes coming off a nice win against Bexley are going to take the road for the first time in TVC Ohio play to match up against the Marauders of Megs. Should be a good opportunity for Nelsonville York as Megs has struggled this season. Um, Then right here, WATH, Athens and Logan. Obviously the marquee game there, their last matchup in the rivalry. This series dates back to 1908. Wow. Doesn't get more historic than that. You got the green of Athens, the purple of Logan. Should be an exciting scene there. You can listen to it right on this station at 645 with me on the call alongside Matt Frazee. On WYRO, we got Vinton County against Alexander. So some more TVC Ohio action on the air. And like I said, you can listen to all these on the Total Media app. River Valley is at Wellston. River Valley looking for win number one while the Wellston Golden Rockets trying to build off of a nice win against Alexander. Waverly is at Oak Hill on WCJO. And Waverly, they're 3-2 and two on the season. They are highly favored against 0-4 Oak Hill. So it should be a great slate of high school football. Of course, start your day off with Football Friday kickoff at 5 o'clock on Pure Rock 105. And then follow that up with Football Friday night also on Pure Rock 105. But it will be simulcast to the other stations alongside our coverage. WKOB, WXTQ, WATH, WYRO, WYPC, and WCJO. So that should be an exciting slate for Friday in terms of the coverage in the game, just being able to be around that Athens-Logan game for the final week and the interviews and the stories that we're going to have leading up to that game. It is always exciting when those two teams match up. What a great weekend for sports. It starts with tonight, obviously. Then you move to your Friday games with high school and Saturday, Ohio State-Notre Dame. You got your Sunday if you're a Browns or Steelers fan or maybe a Colts fan or any of the other teams around here. You can watch your team that day. And then, of course, capping it all off with Monday night football, Bengals and Rams. Should be a great weekend for sports. I'm excited to sit down, relax, and watch some games, enjoy some beverages, and I hope that you all do the same. Thank you for listening in to the Sports Fan. My name's Cedric Granger, wishing you a good night. Enjoy yourselves. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.3 FM. W-A-T-H-F-M.